Welcome to episode 9 of Unleash Your Inner Legend. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Anthony Lee. He is the president and CEO of the Lee Innovation Group and author of Life by Design, Not by Chance. We get to talk on how he started his career in the United States Air Force in 1991 and how he utilized his military benefits to build his real estate empire. Outside of real estate and coaching, Anthony is an All-American in triathlon and has completed over 15 Ironman triathlons. He's a beast to say the least. I hope you enjoyed this episode on how Anthony unleashed his inner legend. This is Unleash Your Inner Legend, a podcast featuring modern day legends sharing their life choices, habits, and routines that got them to where they are today. Get ready to be inspired and to take massive action to unleash your inner legend. Today we have military millionaire mentor and host of Boots to Billions podcast, Anthony Lee. Welcome, Anthony. Hey, great to be here. How you doing, Holly? Doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. Loving summer here in Colorado, mid-70s, you know, so it's, it's perfect. Nice. I always like it just a little bit warmer, but that's pretty, it's better than um, the snow. I will, I will say that. <laughs> yes. So I can't wait to hear about like all your journey and I mean, you just have so much knowledge and inspiration to share, but before we get into that, can you share with us a little bit about your background and then how you got started doing what you do? Yeah. So I grew up in Ohio. Uh, I was in Desert Storm right out of high school. So for those of you listening, Desert Storm was uh, one of the wars we had back in 1990, 91. I had a, a daughter uh, when I left. She was a few weeks old. Uh, so I was supposed to go to the Air Force Academy, but you can't have a dependent and go to the Air Force Academy. So I enlisted and you know started off that way. So I went to war, came back, uh, did my job. Uh, uh, E9, which is the highest rank in the military you can get, said, hey, son, you know, you'll make more in retirement if you go to uh, college and retire, even as an O3E, which is a captain with prior enlisted time, than I, I do as an E9. So I listened, started going to school, uh, got my bachelor's degree, became an officer. Uh, long story short, served 22 years, went over to Iraq, Afghanistan multiple times. Uh, but during that time, to help get to where I am today, I utilized uh, a benefit that we have, which was our VA loan for housing. And as I was going through my career, I uh, started acquiring houses, uh, duplexes, using that VA loan. And we'll get into a little bit more later, but I essentially used that VA loan every town I went to and then flipped it into regular and then kept buying as I went along to get my portfolio to where it is today. So I retired uh, probably five years ago now. I got into real estate full time. Went full bore into it, and now uh, as I'm, I'm getting, I'm still have my real estate stuff going on, but but I've got teams and, and people doing things for me now. So now I'm getting more into the consulting, coaching, and uh, helping others achieve what what they need to do. That's so awesome because I feel like um, there's so many people that think of like the military and they think of it as you know just the military in this moment. And it's cool how you took it and utilized it and really maximized it because you know of course you're doing your time you're doing your service and i and thank you for that um definitely appreciate you doing what you did um but it, it's it's awesome that you did that and then also like had it in your back of your mind of like okay so how can i take this and you know maximize this opportunity and right. i would love to hear all that so like you know let's just go ahead and hop right into that so how did the military 
have a direct impact on your entrepreneurial mindset that you have right now? Man, it's funny. So in the military, you, man, yeah. So that, that's a great question. The entrepreneurial mindset, I don't think it came, it came from the military, meaning that I was controlled for 22 years. You know, you always have someone telling you what to do. So unless you're the head of the military, which I was never going to be the head of the military, uh, always somebody telling you what to do. And you have the SOPs and you have all the rules that you have to follow. And I think what I found is there's, there's quite a lot of us in the military that have that entrepreneur spirit, but we've been in a, in a system to where it's very strict for our whole lives. And then when we get out, we're like, you know, you have two choices. And, and, and I tell people this all the time. You have two choices when you get out. You can either go be a GS employee, which is a government service, which there's, there's no harm in that. You turn around. Most people do that. They get contractor positions or GS positions to go back in and do the same job they did in the military. Or you go into the civilian sector and maybe do your job in the military, but for a civilian company. Or if you're an entrepreneur, you go out and you go out on your own. You do what Tony Robbins, you just burn the boats. And that's what I did. I just burned the boats and did it. In fact, I burned the boats in a way that most would not uh, like to do it. So the military did prepare me for entrepreneurship. Is it taught me to never quit? You know, being a pararescue in the Air Force, uh, going through INDOC and stuff like that. Being a PJ, you just never quit. So when I got out, even though I had a, a pension and retirement, I told my wife, I said, hey, you know, I don't want any of that. I want enough money for my first month's rent and food. And I already had my real estate license. So I did that in, in my transitional leave. So I had it. So I started from day zero with my license with 1750 bucks. You know, that covered my $1,000 rent and food. And that's why I did. So I knew that I had to sell a house in those first two weeks to be able to pay my rent that next month to be able to get to close. So I worked at it, you know, I, I, I didn't quit. I worked 20 hours a day and I just started going to sell houses. Now you gotta remember the military did set me up and gave me discipline. It told me to never quit. I had a real estate portfolio, passive income already still coming in, but I still didn't want to touch any of that because I wanted to had nothing to fall back on. And so that's how I, I started. And so that's how the military prepared me. You know, it also prepared me educationally. Now, I have a bachelor's degree in engineering that the military paid for. I have an MBA that the military paid for. And I just graduated three weeks ago with a master's in practical theology that the military paid me, that paid for. And they paid for my real estate license. But I gotta be honest, Holly, none of that, none of that prepared me for being an entrepreneur. You know, maybe the MBA somewhat, but uh, really the, the, I think self-education is the way to go nowadays. Uh, I don't, I think, College teaches you, you have, you know, you have a goal you want to go after, but is it, was it useful in the real world? No, not at all. So that's how the military prepared me for entrepreneurship. That's awesome. So, you know, the great thing is like you went in, you thought in your head, like, okay, I've got to make it because I only have one month of rent that I can literally live on right now. You had that mindset of not tapping into what you already had reserved and what you already have coming in. So let's talk about how someone, I mean, can get to that point, especially specifically if they're in the military. So right. how did you go through, and I know you kind of touched on it a little bit about buying the duplexes with your VA loan. And it's just awesome because now you're also a real estate agent. You can help other, you know, um, military people come through and, and utilize the same, use the same system as you did. So what was your system and how did you take it and turn those homes that you were living into investments? So 
really, so the first thing is, is I started with my first house. And actually, I did this with a, a young uh, soldier the other day. So you, we started with our first house. You take that VA loan, you purchase your first house. But let's say it doesn't have to be a duplex. Now, I tell people that want to get to investment, it's great to have a duplex, live in one side of it, right? And then renovate the other side as you live there and let that, that other tenant pay your rent for you as the government's still paying you. But then after six months or when you, when you PCS or change uh, assignments, you refinance out of your VA loan into a conventional loan. Okay, so when you refinance, now you have your VA benefits available to you at your next station. Now also, you can play with this depending on where you're moving. Your VA benefits, like right now in El Paso County is 485,000, I mean, something like that, it's not, it's not exact. But like if you only use 200,000, let's say in Lawton, Oklahoma, because Lawton's a, a cheaper place to live, let's say you use 200,000, you still have 200,000 of VA eligibility. So let's say for whatever reason you didn't want to refinance out because let's say the percentages were too high or you didn't want to pay closing, whatever it is, you have another 280,000 you can play with at your next duty station that you can use. Now, once you have your full 480 done, 480 of VA benefit, then you're going to have to refinance out to a conventional loan uh, to be able to do that. But by that time, you have enough cash flow and money coming in to where it makes sense. And then when I was stationed in Portales, New Mexico, which is another small town like Lawton, Oklahoma, outside of Eastern New Mexico University. That's where I really utilized it and just cash savings and cash flow at that point to buy a bunch of duplexes around a university because I knew that I could just rent those out to those college kids and I still do it today and that's 20 years later, right? We refurbish them probably once every three years uh, and, and just keep going. And those things are cash flow now because it's been over 20 years and those are all paid for. Uh, so I did that over the span. So if you think about it, over the span of 22 years and usually one, if not two properties per thing, now I have 36 plus properties that are almost 100%. All of them are paid for that are just pure cash flow at this point. So it's like I get my retirement pension and I have this. So my grandchild is now set up for success. That's amazing. So, you know, as far as like military, and I'm sure you have, um, lived in a handful of towns, I will say. How, what was your decision making on um, like what communities did you invest in versus which communities you decided not to invest in? And like, like what were those determining factors on making that decision to purchase a home in those towns? Right. So I can give you two good examples. So one, Washington, D.C., when I was at the Pentagon. So you had two choices. You either lived inside the beltway of Washington, D.C. and paid an astronomical price but you were close to everything or you lived outside, right? And you had to drive. I chose the, the first, I chose to live a mile and a half away from the Pentagon uh, in Sherlington. So I paid, I think that time for my condo was 380 some thousand dollars. Uh, this was right after the crash in 2008. So I got it at a good price um, and I was very close. So that appreciated, and then I looked at the, you know, appreciates over time. And so when I finally PCS'd out of there, you know, I made a few hundred thousand dollars on that sale. I didn't want to rent that one out, right? Because I looked at my cap rate and, and this also goes to investing, which, which kind of is, is really more in depth in here. You got to look at cap rates, rent rates, and what you can get at certain things. But I knew in that Washington DC area, yeah, I could rent it out, but I can make more money just selling it and buying something cheaper in a, in a 
in a in a weakened more in a weakened housing market somewhere else. So that's what we decided to do on that one. On the flip side of that, like I talked about in New Mexico and uh, down in Georgia, those places where the housing is a lot lower and cheaper, it made more sense for me to buy and hold over 20 years because the rent and cash flow outweighed the cost that I would I could ever sell it for. So making fifty or hundred thousand dollars because the the price of the mark, housing markets don't go up that high in those places. It makes more sense for me just to cash flow and rent it out for 15 or 20 years. So that's how I, I would always look at the landscape of wherever I moved to. And that's the great thing about that too is having that experience, I feel like it's also had a direct impact within real estate too, because now you have all that information of knowing, like you said, the cash flow, analyzing all those numbers so that you can make the best decision. So you learned it and then you lived it. So now yeah. you're able to teach it through like your other real estate agents or through your clients that you're doing. So as far as like management goes with, um, with these, cause I know that that's one thing a lot of people kind of shy away from investing into rentals is because of the, the headache of having that rental property. What advice would you give in regards to like managing it yourself versus finding someone and then if you do find someone, how do you vet them out and know that they're not going to turn you into a slumlord? Right. That's, it's great that you mentioned. Oh, so it's, it's funny you say that. So I just, two days ago, in fact, I talked to someone who was, they want to rent out there. We're going to buy them a new house and they're going to, they're, they're doing, they're cutting their house in half, top and bottom. Anyway, they're like, oh, we can just do the collection stuff. I was like, no. So I always tell property managers, you just got to suck it up for those first few months. You know, give them that money. You're not going to make any cash flow in that first year, that first six months probably, but you have no headaches, right? You have no headaches. They have the escrow account. They have the money to do the things. And then you don't have to worry about anything, but you do must vet them. I would, you know, I usually interview in each town. I interviewed five or six different property managers uh, before I went with one, one that I felt comfortable with. Usually I tried to pick one uh, that was a veteran. Usually you can find a veteran uh, property manager. One, because they're a little more disciplined. Two, they know where I'm coming from. And three, they usually try to rent to uh, military people. And we try to stick it within the different basic allowance for housing rates. So they understand all those principles that I want to do. Uh, so I would definitely interview that. Uh, trying to do it on your own, it's not we tried. So we owned, a, back right before the crash, I owned a, a big uh, mobile home park in uh, outside of Memphis. And my partner and I, he was also in the, the military. We tried to run it ourselves. And it was the biggest, biggest mistake we ever did, uh, trying to evict people, trying to collect checks, trying to fix it. It was just a headache. So my suggestion is let property managers do it. You're not gonna make money all right off the bat, but you will, and you have less headache and more time, which is more valuable in life. You know, instead of, if your rent is $2,000, and you're paying that property manager 200 bucks, trust me, if you have the right property manager, they are earning that $200 because you don't have to. And if you think about your time, this goes into lessons of how much your time is worth. If you've done the, if you, you can Google it and find out calculations about to find out how much your hourly rate is. If, if it's worth, if you're worth $350 an hour and they're paying 200, I mean, it's worth them doing it. So, Yes, definitely hire a property manager, interview a lot, and don't try to do it yourself. So what I love about you is like you're so passionate on like sharing all this. Like you're not trying to be, like you definitely come from a mindset of abundance and not scarcity. 
So like every time I've had any kind of interaction with you, whether it be like at mastermind or even just on Facebook, you're always willing to share and help people. So like I said before, you were, you lived it or I'm sorry, you learned it, you lived it. So now let's talk about how the, and the things that you're doing to teach it in the different ways that people that are listening can kind of maybe tap into your mentorship and your coaching if it's something that fits for them. Cause I mean, you have so much knowledge. Yeah. So it's amazing to say that it's, it's, it's right. It's that abundance mentality. And you know, that's why I love hooking up with uh, John, your husband and, and meeting you and then Jay and Mike, because we all have that abundance mentality. And we're, we're talking about for people that don't know, we're talking about real estate right now. Uh, and you know, I've kind of taken that and I morphed it into my next, you know, the, the, the next thing, my passion in life, and that's helping others achieve that. And you know, one, one way I do that is the, the next big thing coming up. In fact, the launch will be starting hopefully on, on Friday. It will be starting on Friday. No, hopefully about it. You guys are going to see it on social. You're going to see my platform. I'm going to talk about it. You know, we're having a mile high business masterclass in Denver, myself, Jason Cisneros, he's the CEO of Anton J. And then uh, Stephen Toeweek Sr., he's Tony Robbins' uh, lead business consultant for Business Mastery. All three of us are teaching at this masterclass. It's a day and a half in Denver. There's only 20 seats, right? You have to apply to actually come to it. Uh, and then we go from there. But on the small side, I do groups here in, in Colorado Springs to teach people that investing method. Anybody that asks, I'll teach them. We'll sit down and have coffee. I teach them. Uh, so I go through that way and then like you're right online through the social different social media platform I'm getting ready to have it. You know, so my, my page mil, Military millionaire mentor. I'm still getting used to saying that uh, is up and running But I also have military millionaire mastermind now that group is open right now So if people out there hear that and they're in the military they want to join it They can join that now for free, but at the end of June that goes away that closes to a secret closed group that will be a paid for group. And it's only gonna be seven bucks a month. So 28 cents a day to be part of this super secret group where you're gonna hear from me, industry leaders from across the country that were veterans that have achieved a certain level with whatever business it is. They could be chiropractors, car dealers, plumbers, whatever. Well, I'll have them on there and I'll teach different principles. But I truly do believe the more that I can teach, the more that I can give people and give back, you know, the more I get. And it's also, uh, you know, Steven told me myself or actually he invited me. I'm actually going to go down to the Springs rescue mission here and maybe even into the Denver rescue mission. We're teaching a class for homeless people. Uh, not only do they, they go through this program of, I think it's 17 weeks. To, so they get off drugs and, and alcohol, but we're doing the business side of it to teach them, Hey, you know, job skills and business, you know, here's how you do a resume. But for those entrepreneurial types, right. That just fell on hard times. Hey, here, what kind of, Entrepreneurial business can you start on the side while you're trying to get back on your feet? So, you know, we're also doing that. That's amazing. And it's great that you have so many different levels. So no matter where you're at right now, if you're, when you're listening to this, you know, if it's, whether it's free, whether it's $7, um, come later on, whenever your group closes or whenever it's, um, like an elite mastermind, like there's so many different levels. So there's no reason if you're listening to this, you guys should, not be consuming Anthony Lee's content because if you can't afford it, Thank it's you. Free. there is free stuff out there. And you also have your podcast, um, as I had I never introduced you. So can you talk a little bit on that? Yeah, that's called the Boost to Billions podcast. Okay, I got to say, my wife says it's a little misleading because we're not billionaires, <laughs> but I truly believe that you got to focus on what you want to be. And yep. I will be a billionaire at some point. Um, 
So Boots to Billions is, is just kind of a, a way for me to, to keep that in the front of my mind. And it sounded better than Boots to Millions or Boots to Billions. Um, for sure. But anyway, it's a fun podcast. So, you know, my first guest was uh, Steven. And then I have, I've had some uh, military guys on there. And so the format now is on Tuesdays, I'm going to be going solo and talking about some like this last Tuesday was persistent patience. You know, while you have to be patient, you still got to be persistent every day. No matter what you're doing, you got to show up every day and you've got to do it, right? Just like you trying to booking guests on here, like me trying to book guests, me, you know, doing venues, everything that I'm doing. Uh, and then Thursdays are going to be more interview type uh, style uh, things. And like, so that'll be the format for that. And then I'll probably go on sometimes just because maybe I want to rant or I'll, uh, so that, and that being a podcast, I got to thank Mr. Michael Reese for that. Uh, Cause I never would have stepped out of my comfort zone and thought that I would want to do a podcast, but I love it. Like it's so much fun. Like you tell me, are you having fun? Are podcasts not awesome? Yeah. Yeah. I love podcasting for sure. That's the reason why I'm doing it too. It's like something that's fun and it's, you know, as far as like a hobby, people want to talk about like, Oh, go do something to pour yourself into. I mean, what's more fulfilling than creating a platform to inspire, to educate, to motivate, or even entertain if that's your thing that you're doing too, you know? And right. what's funny is too, is like you had talked about the name boots to billions and you know, I had saw yesterday that Jay-Z became the first billionaire um, within the rap industry. And it was like, they had talked about like how he used his music and how he always would talk about becoming a billionaire and how it's going to happen. So, I mean, it worked for Jay-Z. It's definitely going to work for you. It's going to work for me. It's going to work. You know, the thing is, 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 you know, I tell everybody that, that works with me. So, you know, everybody that's on my teams, everybody that work with the coaching, my first question to them is always, have you read Think and Grow Rich? And you would not, the amount of people are like, no, what's that? I'm like, you're getting ready to be an entrepreneur and you haven't read Think and Grow Rich. I was like, go read that. You need to read it tonight. Come back. We're going to talk. I want to see your number, right? The number that they talk about that you got to come up with. It was even funny. I don't know if you, were you at, I don't know if you were at 10X or, uh, or saw some of the replays from Steve Harvey's 10X this year, but it was funny. He go, he, he was showing something on his phone, but, but what he did, people didn't realize is what you got to see on his phone. And he explained it is you got to see he has $3 billion written on his phone and he has some other things that he wanted to achieve on his phone. Still Steve Harvey, you know, multi, multi millionaire, whatever personality, he still has a vision board that he sees multiple times every day on his phone. He wants to make $3 billion by the time he dies. He wants to, you know, have a certain, you now he already got the house he kind of talked about on there. But my point is, is that you've got to be able to, it has to be part of your reticular activating system, part of your being, if you want to achieve something. So, you know, I truly believe it. And so billions is where we're going. I love that mindset. So before I let you go back to working on becoming a billionaire, <laughs> what, how can people connect with you and how can people reach out to you? Great. So the best way is going to be on Instagram at Anthony underscore Lee 45. You can DM me there, follow me there. I put out great content. I find all the best content on Instagram, put it all out. I'm, I just essentially repurpose crap. Um, and then uh, you can find me at, at Military Millionaire Mentor on Facebook, uh, Anthony Lee on Facebook. Twitter is Try A Lee. That's getting ready to change though because I told that was a long ago Twitter handle. I don't use that, but pretty much. Instagram and Facebook 
uh, and my my new website will be up soon, anthonyjlee.com. Right now, it has a bunch of placeholders and looks kind of wonky, but it'll be up pretty soon. Awesome. Well, I will make sure to add those direct links in the show notes so that you guys that are listening can um, take the second guess, take the work out of guessing which one is Anthony Lee. And you guys make sure to go onto the show notes, click and find him and connect with him. And other than that, Anthony, I appreciate you hopping on and you have a great one. And thanks so much for sharing all of your journey and your inspiration. All right. Thank you, Holly. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Unleash Your Inner Legend. For more inspiration, make sure to subscribe by going to UnleashYourInnerLegend.com. We'll see you guys next week.